Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 14th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore of Io. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of the two people that we have on the show with us. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 You kind of just referred to yourself... Yeah, in I don't. I have person. no idea. I, I, like, I, I, I was I, like, I, kinda, I was reading that, and I was like, in the back of my head, I hear Green going, "I love how you always make fun of how it's just multiple people when it's just the two." I'm like, I should change it. This is why I don't go off script most times because it just doesn't go well. I also like how now that we're doing face cams for these recordings, I could see the wheels turning oh, yeah, because you like, always look up and to the left when you're trying to think about something. <laughs> it's like I'm like, oh no. <laughs> the words don't match what I'm trying to say. Yes, it's okay. Uh, yes, it's me. It's a me. It's a green. So, nothing fancy. Just green. Just green. Just green. Just green. Just better than most of us. So, uh, really, we don't have a guest. So, I, this is like just gonna be quiet. Jumping for 20, right in. Yeah, quiet for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. I guess really quick, just like special announcements or a reminder really is, you know, just uh, be sure to check out the Lore Network site. Um, I know a lot of uh, I've been trying to keep up with the weekly lore roundups. So we do podcast roundups and YouTube roundups every week. Uh, predominantly, they are right now mostly Destiny lore. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions for other game lore that you want to see us kind of um, dive into or, or show uh, to kind of help get that out there please let us know we uh we either through email through the contact site or contact page on the site um just let us know how we're doing if you have any feedback on the uh weekly little roundup posts also please let us know we do those like i said we do those twice a week um and then also uh just a real quick reminder if you haven't already please 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 give us a review over on itunes the reason why is because that helps us get uh kind of spread out over on itunes and other podcast things uh helps us bump up in those charts and just kind of helps make us more noticeable across communities as well um as far as other announcements green i think you are on the second episode of yeah by the time this releases though i think we'll probably be closer to what four or five by the time this releases out on the normal yes yeah because it'll be but, yeah mm-hmm. 
But currently, um, as we're recording this, there are two episodes of Destiny lore audio file out there of uh, the singular exeget and uh, Black Armory papers are both out now. And then starting next week, we're going to start. I'm going to release Marasena in groups of 30 minutes. So it's it's going really well. So if you guys haven't seen it or heard it or seen it on Twitter. It is Destiny Lore Audio File, which is on iTunes and Podbean. I'm working on Spotify. I have to have five episodes out before I can put anything on Spotify. But it is out there and available. And audio file is more of like the medical-ish kind of audio file. It's not with a F. It's with a PH if you guys are having trouble finding it. Uh, if not, head up Discord. I've been putting it in there. Blue's also linked it in Discord, and I've been pushing it out on Twitter as much as possible. And it's just lore re- readings. It's not any commentary. And I will, for the first couple of weeks, it'll be me being the primary reader. And then I actually have a lot of community members who have submitted episodes for the podcast. And those will start coming out here in about four weeks in about a month or so. So. Um, and we also Please. will link that. Uh, I've been putting those now in the weekly lore roundup as well. So if you subscribe to the post over on thelorenetwork.com, that will be every Wednesday because it is it's in the podcast update. Um, and really on on Green's the audio file, be sure to leave her a review um, because so kind of to peel back we're going to do this next week too by the way um or we're going to Mm -hmm. record it next week but uh one of the things behind the scenes for podcasts that itunes does is the first 30 days that it's that a podcast is up on its feed um they really they hyper focus on the reviews that they get so if we can get green and the the audio file good reviews and a good number of reviews that will actually really boost that as well and so it just the viewing yeah so you can get, uh, I think it's new and upcoming, I think is the category that you can get put into. And if you get put into that via the iTunes logarithm, uh, that will actually put the podcast up on like iTunes front page, which is a huge deal. Yeah, it would be awesome. And I would, I would appreciate it. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of fun at the same time. So come and check us out. But since we don't have a guest this week, um, our guest for this week is actually graciously moved into the slot for next week because he had a little bit of a mix up going on. But we're going to dive into world lore on IO, which I imagine is going to be quite the expansive, if Blue's show notes are any indication, expansive uh, (laughs) episodes. It's 11 pages long, guys. I, I, kind of, I, I, I did some of the show notes for like this one and I came back. It was like five pages, which is fairly like normal. And it doubled. I was typing last night and I was like, huh, I should probably go to the next show now. Yeah. Listen, between between, you know, the science check and all the the stuff that there's just there's a lot of information about like even 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 just io like which is you know kind of is right. like one of the smaller areas i guess arguably um it's just it's a it's a really it's a really fascinating thing we were kind of talking about this before show um but the cool thing with with io since it was part of the base game there's a whole breadth of information or the breadth of sources that uh places such as mars which is next week um mm-hmm. mars doesn't have the same breadth of sources that i can pull from and so like the uh 
one of the things that I was telling Green before we started recording was um, I really like the Prima game guides for games, and it's it's a it's a sadness for me when we have games that are ever evolving because what happens with Prima is they only release those game guides for the very first iteration of the game. Any of the expansions, they usually don't, they will never release like a standalone book. They'll release, um, if you sign up on their website, they'll put like articles and stuff that kind of break it down, uh, different like campaign, you know, walkthroughs and all that. But that's really not why I like the game guides. I like the game guides because they actually have like some really cool little nuggets as far as the story go. Uh, Elder Scrolls, they do the same thing. Halo, uh, they do the same thing. You know, all these games that have very expansive stories, there's some really cool little things. The other thing that the game guide does is it actually does a really good job of capturing the named enemies that you will fight throughout various parts of the campaign. So you don't have to be super aware of, you know, or hyper aware of what you're like going up against. You can focus on just playing the game because the game guide has that information kind of in text. Uh, And growing up, the game guides were basically, for those of us who grew up before the internet was as big as it is today, (laughs) um, the game guides were the internet. Like that, that was basically our Ishtar. What was the most used game guide you ever used? Legend of Zelda. Pretty easily. Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Oh, really? Yeah, it was not for the story because of that godforsaken water temple. Really? Oh, water temple can just go. Wow, I wore out my Oblivion game guide. But anyways, so some so a lot of there's a lot of like nuggets that I was able to include in this one on IO because IO was actually part of the base game of Destiny. Um Mars was not. So sadly, I don't have like the little kind of I always I always kind mm-hmm. of read them as like DMG or uh, uh Dungeon Master guides. Um they're okay. referred to as DMGs. Um as uh, a DMG's guide to the uh the different areas because like for example, the for the introduction of io the primate game guide says it's a partially terraformed planetoid orbiting jupiter io was abandoned by the traveler though ikora ray and the warlock guardians consider the area around the echo mesa mountain to be sacred currently this region has seen recent cabal activity though the red legion appears to be actively fleeing the world rather than salvaging it the reason may involve some concerning anomalies detected by Ashramir. although this area as examples of Although this area has examples of impressive Vex architecture, the telltale signs of taken activity are present throughout this place. Which I'm like, that's it's just, and you know, obviously it's changed since, you know, this was like, what, four years ago, five years ago. Um, So a lot has happened in the game world, but as far as like introducing a place that was really good and you compare it to like the Bungie website, which I found out today, they had taken all these pages down, which makes me sad. But um, from the Bungie website, they used to have these little blurbs on different planets and Bungie's website said, Io was the last place visited by the traveler and the site of great interest to both humanity and the timeless Vex machines. The Red Legion too now seek to unravel the secrets and power of this place, gouging at the surface, seeking to uncover new sources of power to aid in their quest to dominate our worlds. It is up to you to protect this place and preserve its great legacy. So, I mean, kind of close. Uh, I, I personally like Prima's, like, I was trying to, I was telling Green, it, it does this like really kind of cool 
blend of like meta information with in-game presentation, uh, which you'll start seeing when we start to get into some of the other little areas, because it's like, hey, this is this is, you know, the Lost Oasis. And it actually connects to these three places, which as a player, you know, you need to pay attention to. Um, But but it does it in a way that's like in I don't know. It's just a really kind of really cool little way that they do that. Yeah, it's just I. It's nice to have games and guides outside of it. Actually, the one that I would say most recent, that it's not te- technically a prima game or anything like that. It's the the cookbook. The cookbook has mm-hmm. a ton of like little lore yes. snippets about yes. Eva, about the c- city, the civilians, all sorts of tiny things that you wouldn't necessarily get from in-game content or even outside of game content, except for in the book. Cookbook is so good. Also, recipes. They are amazing. Julie and I are working our way through it slowly, though not as slowly as we probably should. We had Le Monarch like three days in a row. Not going to lie. Is that the uh, Monte Carlo-esque sandwich? It's sort of. It's a crook monsieur. Okay, okay. Which is, yeah. It's kind of like a Monte Carlo. It reminds me. Like, I saw it and I was like, that's a Monte No, nope, nope, it's not. Like, but it it's definitely It's basically me. a ham sandwich with gravy. Hmm. Okay. Instead of jam. Mm-hmm. hmm Anyways. Anyway. So, <laughs> um, basically, within within the game lore, IO is, has been multiple at multiple points described as being in the midst of being terraformed by the Traveler during the last days of the Golden Age. Uh, so, it, it was in process it had not been fully terraformed by it so that process was actually interrupted by the arrival of the darkness we saw this with the last days of crack and mare lore book uh that was when the traveler abandoned the moon of moving to earth for reasons that were still actually are still not really fully known um so in the current game world io is a space that is still charged with the energy of the traveler and you can see this with the train being littered with all these massive fossilized figures of unknown organisms, organisms which resemble uh, things such as trilobites, ammonites, and other dinosaurs from Earth. Uh, and it, it's a unique uh, geography because, again, it was in the process of being terraformed. It was never actually fully finished. So we don't actually – so, like, all this stuff is still, like, raw energy, uh, which is where you get – the red legion coming to kind of mine Mine it yeah it's like mine i think would be the best way to do that uh during during gameplay the primary contact for guardians on the moon is a jensen scribe by the name of asher mir uh although currently during the season arrivals eris morn has also been noted as having arrived to examine the cradle where a mysterious tree has begun to grow um i don't know was there anything other than that before i jump into some science facts I, about it. Ikora was there during the original campaign. Um, she was, that's where she fled to was mm-hmm. IO. But uh, beyond that, there really haven't been a, any other vendors or anybody of major note there besides enemies. Rasputin, um, technically. Yeah. The bunker. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to be on that high horse <laughs> until somebody from Bungie. F- Explains Flip and it. explains it to like I <laughs> I just the the train <laughs> the, subway. the subway the subway is just the, the funniest subway. it's just the funniest thing it's like I'm fine with the bunker surprisingly being there it's the subway that I, I have just a problem love the fact with. that where where that bunker popped up I was like 
really? That's okay. Like, all right. Same as the moon bunker. I was like, hmm. It's a very big the door. The moon one. Yeah. At least I mean, with the moon one, though, they actually had like ground. Yeah, they had the ground like erupted or whatever. The yeah. The Io one was like in the middle of the road. It's like yeah. Uh, oh, we failed our perception check every time. Um, but some so just like real quick, some real science because hey, guess what? Io is actually a real place. Um, it's also known as Jupiter One. It is the innermost and third largest of the four Galilean moons. Uh, those moons are Europa, Ganymede, Callisto, and Io. Um, we'll get to why they're called the Galilean moons in just a second. I bet you can guess why. Um, it is the fourth largest moon in the system with the highest density and the lowest amount of water of any currently known astronomical object within our system. Uh, it is named after the mythological figure of Io, who was a mortal lover of Zeus. I know, hold your surprise. And a former priestess of Hera, uh, which is actually where the story took a very tragic turn, uh, by Simon Marius in 1614. However, the moon itself was discovered by Galileo Galilei on January 8th, 1610, along with the other three moons of the Galilean moons. Even though it has the lowest amount of water, it is one of the most geologically active objects within our solar system with 400 plus active volcanoes on its surface. The moon's surface is covered in over 100 mountains, some that reach higher than Earth's Mount Everest, and it is mostly extensive plains coated in sulfur and sulfur dioxide frost, which will give you an idea of the temperature on Io. While most satellites in the system are composed of ice, ice or Io is primarily silicate rock surrounding a core of molten iron or iron sulfate. There are even lakes on the moon made of molten silicate lava in areas, and the area of the the activity of the moon is caused by the tidal heating created internally by the friction generated by the gravitational pull of Jupiter and the other Galilean satellites, specifically the larger two, Europa and Ganymede. Uh, as far as like a day, an Ionian, Ionian day uh, is an equivalent to 1.77 Terran days, and the moon is tidally locked with Jupiter. So what that means is whereas normally a moon would spin, uh, same as like the Earth spins, rotates, and when it rotates around the sun, because of the proximity to Jupiter, it does not actually spin. Um, it Every point of the process of it rotating around jupiter the same side of the moon will always face jupiter um the interesting thing about that is that means that gravity is really really low it is literally 0.183 of terran gravity so it is you would basically be able to fly on io well you wouldn't you would still you would still fall but it would be very very slow you'd be falling like a warlock um gracefully falling but the thing with uh, Io in particular, if you think about how large Jupiter is, and it still has a quote-unquote day, that means that Io is traveling around Jupiter mm-hmm. quite, quickly quite quickly in order to make its rotation. Yeah, because, I mean, a day is, yeah, because the day would be, it would travel around Jupiter in two Earth days, which is, I mean, that that is a pretty, it's a pretty good pace. Um it does have an atmosphere. It's very, very thin, uh, and it is actually about 90% sulfur, sulfur dioxide, so don't you, you'd need a breathing apparatus. Um, and the composition uh, of like the constant volcanism, the intense radiation because of the thin atmosphere, basically translates into Io is really not capable of supporting life as we know it, though um, 
pretty much every source will say that is not to say that it couldn't harbor some form of life, uh, but that life would be extremely alien to our understanding of what what life exists as. Interestingly enough, though, because of the density of the planet or the moon itself, it does kind of lend itself to having a giant vex. Yes. Well, that construction in there, that, like it could and handle also, it. That and also the fact that it is predominantly silicate. Yeah. Which I found really kind of interesting because, like, they they have uh, it's 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 basically planes of this like silicate rock. But then there's also a lot of areas where there are, like I said, like I was saying, molten silicate lava, which is just a fascinating concept. Yep, yep. I think we should take a quick break to let our first ad go through for Robots Radio. Or actually, depending on it, I have convinced a few of the podcasts within the Lord Network to send us ads soon. Mm-hmm. Those of you who are in the Lord Network who are listening at the moment, I'm looking at you to get those to me sooner rather than later. I'm calling you out on the show. Please do so. Ah, anyway, getting back to the ad, and we'll be right back. Hey, friends, this is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple of months with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step through the background of the games and the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcast reader podcatcher whatever you use itunes spotify again that's the fallout lorecast and the elder scrolls lorecast available everywhere and we're back with more on io we're going to talk about specifically i think now more about the types of lore that we've gotten mm-hmm. from io about io or about things that have happened in that vicinity uh the primary books that we have actually i think just came out this season yeah both singular exigent and the only books that we have on io we have entries but i don't think we've ever had any books so sorry yeah i mean we've never had any books related to asher so heavily right so we have singular exigent there was stolen intelligence egress there was stolen intelligence but i no 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 that was that was secondary connection sorry he was referenced he was he was mentioned in reference to eris not supposedly correct but beyond that, there's not any books that IO is really, really tied to. We have more missions and, um, like he's mentioned, lore entries for different types of weapons and whatnot and armor that takes place there than anything else. Um, Singular Exigent has a really, uh, how would you describe the IO role in that one particular? In the Singular Exigent? Um, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly, I mean, like the I like IO. If we're going to characterize IO, it would be really as the backdrop. I would say with that one, Duras and Egress. It's even more so because so Duras and Egress. Yeah, Duras and Egress is an amazing book that everyone should read just for the sake of the redemption of so many hated characters in the Destiny lore, um, especially Brother Vance and Asher Mir. Uh But like. Duras and Egress also take place on all the locations that are being sunset, whereas Singular Exeget kind of really focuses on um, Eris's journey 
to and kind of her research at the cradle. Uh, mm-hmm. So like IO is prevalent in the sense that, you know, it's the, it's the environment in which the story is taking place. You get some really cool, like you get, I, I like, I liked it. Um, I think Seth did a really good job with that one uh, because the, you see like this side of Eris that we uh, surprisingly haven't seen before. She's like exper- she's doing like experimental cooking, which is really funny. Um, she gets pissed at a Titan because she won't bring her a pineapple and okay. The pineapple thing. (laughs) Okay. The story with the pineapple and singular exeget is so funny because you find out that the reason why this Titans even up close to her is because they're basically spying on her. So it's like, it's the question of is Eris is it goes back to the, the age old question. Are you paranoid if that paranoia is correct? (laughs) It's- right <laughs> she but the the whole reason she wants a pineapple is because she found a recipe for fried rice with pineapple which sounds delicious like a coconut rice with pineapple sounds amazing like i would eat that but it becomes a secondary mission in the entire book one of the funny things about this season with each week's mission is you actually get a snippet from almost every single card in this book. Mm-hmm. Every time you activate the seed at the end of the mission, oh. the interference mission, you're getting a tiny bit from that card. But it never mentions the pineapple, though those are some of the best actual oh spots in the card because they're so funny. I love both of these books for very, very different reasons. <laughs> yeah, Pint, it's yeah. not paranoia if they are actually out to get you. Well, they weren't out to get her. They were just spying and trying to figure out stuff. Anyway, oh, Duress and Egress is another funny one. Yeah, and Eris makes a, a showing there too. Yes, but Asher, like especially the the second entry, where Asher's like, you know what? I'm going to go into the Pyramidium, and it's like, oh, oh, wow. That's the third one, or is it the third That's one? The third is it one. the yeah? Uh huh. This whole. So this first one, he shoots. The yeah, pyramid the and like determines, uh huh. He determines that the the item or the rocket <laughs> isn't that the one where he's like, is, "Oh, you come and sit on my doorstep and do something this interesting." Mm-hmm. He did. He did old grandpa on the front lawn bit in the first entry. Second entry is his really awkward almost oh, date with Eris. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah. He brings out. I, th- I think it's like a whiskey. It's a type of liqueur, like golden and liqueur. He brings, like, and he has two, two glasses with him. And he sets out only one of them. And it's like, Asher, you big baby, just do it. You're both weird enough it would work in my mind. <laughs> but secondary ship. Most people are shipping Eris and Drifter. Oh, my gosh. I think it'd be funnier. They're technically, quote unquote, cousins in their mind, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. I just love the entry. The entry to that one is Ashramir cursed his way across Dio. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the third entry you mentioned where he goes into oh. the Pyramidian and then raises his hands to the lake. Yep. The improbable lake that the we never see. Inverted lake that is upside down. And he brings mm-hmm. it down, is what it says, I think, He's... if I remember. He reached, uh, yeah. he reached with both and he brought the lake down. I'm like, wait, what? Not yep. to mention that Asher, he walks, he just strolls through pyra- the Pyramidian. He just he kills he hundreds just and hundreds of Vex. Yeah. <laughs> destroys them he, all. 
Yeah. Asher is more of a bamp oh than we've ever given him credit for. Yeah. The, the the entry that stands out to me is he destroyed the first hundred Vex, then the second. A Minotaur roared into being before him, and he crushed its Radialorian heart in his metal fist. He climbed forward over their clawing limbs. He slipped into the cooling row of their dead fluid. <laughs> like, so don't get Grandpa mad. <laughs> because Yeah. Asher's Uh-oh. Asher's Oh yeah, he uses the he uses the corpses of the Vex to trigger the the Vex plates. I forgot about that part. Oh. Cuz yeah, he too. he stands I on the gates it, but... and he says he was prepared. He piled their broken corpses on the plates and then continued inside. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. I love it. So other lore entries that we have for Io actually have more to do with the different uh, gear that we've gotten, mm-hmm. as well as um, adventures and missions that we've talked about. Uh, you listed a few of them in here, but I don't know if I necessarily want to go through them until the advanced episode because we've got the Vespa laser and... was the one that I still don't understand okay. what the hell is going on with that one. Yeah, that's the Sparrow. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. It's partially related to Rasputin, too. Yes. I'll tell you something about Io. No, really, (laughs) you won't find this anywhere. I remember once my partner and I were lost for a week straight in a canyon on Io. We weren't eyeing one another like turkey legs or anything, but it was close. (laughs) We were running out of rations. Then we saw the loose uh, Vesp Pulsar come in and disappear over the canyon walls. We knew it was by those stripes. They make it look like some kind of dangerous insect. We knew it'd be hours of climbing, but we hurried towards it immediately. Look it up. It's just a it's a sparrow entry. I don't think there's anything super major besides the fact that it's just guardians like a weird entry. Like I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, I'll be fair. I'm also trying to figure out like what insect it's trying to to be because you know that is a unique word to destiny. I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of beetle, like racing beetle. Yeah, I have no. I can't, I was I not know. able to find a a real connection to the Vespulacer, Vespulacer. So, but yeah, that's the one that always that always kind of was like, what is going on <laughs> in this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the figures on Io. We mentioned Asher and Eris, as well as Ikora. Ikora's kind of only ever there for the missions she does help talk through some of the missions doesn't she like besides the original vanilla i'm trying to remember if she actually had a say in eris or the mission eris or ikora Ikora. um ikora Ikora is actually the source of a lot of the adventures um and the world quest that we'll get into in the advanced session uh, she is the one who kind of kicks off the uh, what's uh, what was it the dynasty quest. Uh, it's referred to as King's Shadow in the game guide, mm. but dynasty is actually called out as being started by Ikora f- real or recognizing something, and then Asher jumps in. But Ikora is actually the the catalyst for that. Um, and then there is. Um, Unexpected Guest and I think Road Rage were the two adventures that she was really big in. And then a lot of the planetary patrols that you have, um, there's some really cool little tidbits about like the hidden and um, the way that Ikora actually really trusts your guardian. Uh, she There's a lot of comments about that that are within the patrol mission 
dialogue that gets played. But as far as like during missions, I know with campaign missions, it was, um, was it, uh, sacrilege and fury sacrilege is when we actually find ikora and then fury is when we basically like it's the one that's right after sacrilege um so she is she is prominent in those two but not like she's not she's not a primary vendor no she's not a pri- she like she is definitely still um i don't think other than the cutscenes, we even interact with her on io mm-hmm. She's basically the Zavala for that yes. location, and though. Just like like Kate Zavala is for runs Nessus. all the strikes and stuff like that, and Ikora oh. runs it for Io. Yeah, yep. I uh, it's a trade off with the strikes usually between Ikora or Asher. I don't think any other, which is like it's some of the conceivable. Um, I think he has said impossible twelve times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> impossible. Yeah. Oh, I I like I think my favorite Icora line is Asher feels yes. safe to say those things because he is on Io and I am and not. I am not. It's like oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we have Asher, Icora, and Eris. Eris being new this season on Io, and then we have the, some of the bosses in the Lost Sectors: uh, Keldron, Keeler. Pandrock, Pillar of Nothing, and a Ruined Mind. And then there's also a couple of other bosses that show up uh, relating to uh, Korea. <laughs> yes. Uh, real quick, Black Flag, correct to me. Thanks, Black Flag. Uh, Festering Core Strike is Zavala and Eris. Because nice. that's the one with uh, Savathun's Reach being connected to Io. Gotcha. Uh, locations on Io, where we have couple different primary locations we have the cradle which is the most important one that we're seeing this season that's the one where when you first spawn in with ikora during the very sac like the sacrilege mission where she's standing on the side she's looking out towards the cradle it's also where the giant pyramid is pyramid ship at the moment then you have echo mesa which is the one i would say is it the top side or bottom side of io uh, on the map i can't remember. i think it's the top side because lost Oasis, lost oasis is part of echo mesa or oh sorry echo mm-hmm. mesa is like the whole thing so like echo yeah. mesa is like that whole all of that the landing zones within echo mesa are lost oasis giant scar and the rupture so lost oasis is the one that i believe is right across or no, Lost Oasis is in the top. The Rupture is right across from the Grove of Ulantan. And then Giant Scar is the... Um, Pyramidian area? Uh, no. Well, is it the Pyramidian area or is it the Giant Drill? I think it's the Giant Drill. I can't remember that one, but but yes. Well, the... there's Echo Mesa is like the whole, the whole map is called Echo Mesa. Right. And then there's different components. Is the Cradle, is that the place that looks like where the Traveler was sitting? And the, and the skybox, okay, which is a really mm-hmm. cool skybox. I love that that particular skybox. Yeah. So then we get into the Lost Oasis. The Lost Oasis is easily the largest sector on the moon. It contains a good deal of tiny caves, alcoves to find, taken foes scattered across the open mesa plateaus, and half a dozen ancient and gigantic trees now frozen like stone. The two biggest have an underground tunnel linking them. 
There are roads around the perimeter and a river bisecting the general area. This is also a hub where you're maneuvering to all other sectors on IO. So I like Lost Oasis because it has a lot of like tiny areas that are very rarely used, but they often will have things like um, scannables in there, or there'll be like a, a lost, um, the golden chest, one of those planetary chests. Those will be in some of those different small areas. So it takes a little longer to find them, I would say, on Io than others. I know that Zavathun's eyes have shown up in a lot of those same little caves and alcoves too. Yeah, each but... each of the sections on Io had five eye. It's been a while since I ran through these. Uh, I think there was ten. Oh gosh, man, what was it? I can't remember. But I think each each like section on Io had at least five. Because then the whisper had three or four. I can't remember. Like I said, it's been a while since I had to pop all those. Black Flag, correct me again. Lost Oasis is across from Ulantan, and Rupture is where Asher is. Uh, Giant Scar is where the Cabal equipment is located. So I flipped. I flipped those as I do. But actually, real quick well, before you go on, that little paragraph that you just read—that's from the Primate Game Guide. Mm-hmm. That's what I was talking about. I love how that like ending is like. This is also the hub that you when you're maneuvering to all their sectors in IO. I'm like, that's really cool. Like, I like how they kind of they buried game information into the the you know the summary of that piece. Yep, uh, the Grove of Ulantan. You want to talk about something that has a lot more <laughs> lore to it <laughs> than what. It initially, but only if we whisper. Kind of seems well, not even just with the whisper mission. Like there was the there's a isn't there an adventure that goes into Mm -hmm. that one as well? Yeah, where you're fighting the two sides. Yeah, there's been quite a bit actually, kind of flowing through the Grove of Ulantan as a lost sector. Like it, it was. I remember when everyone first found it. We, I remember everyone was like, "What is this?" because it was it was a nod to the fact that whenever a war so like when titans die or when they face their final death they're buried in the wall which is a creepy picture but when warlocks are die when warlocks die they are brought to io because it is a sacred place for them and so we have within the lore scattered throughout there's actually references to the burial of Ulantan and how like the various different characters kind of were like I think I think it was Cade who even made a comment about he showed up for it. Um he didn't really want to be there, but he was I think he was like meeting he was either meeting somebody or he was he had something else that he was doing, but like he showed up for it. Um mm-hmm. so because Io is a sacred place for those for the warlock guardians whenever one of them falls they usually there's there's a tendency for them to be brought and you know put to rest if you will on that on the moon uh it seems like it would also be around the area of the cradle because that is you know the um mecca i guess if if you're going to equate it to an actual place um it would be that that would be the equivalent it's like you know this is this is the place that you journey to to commune with the traveler or whatever it was with albios oh albios yes albios and his weird lanterns so after the grove of ulantan which has lots of different missions and events going through it whether it's the whisper mission that blue initially found recently or the missions where you're fighting and you're seeing the two different sides the taken 
I believe it's the Cabal boss and the Vex boss, both there. Beyond that, we get into the Spine Burrows, a secondary sector that is accessed on the eastern perimeter of Lost Oasis. Spine Burrows is once a tranquil cavern with some interesting ancient fossilized remains. And honestly, Io is just full of these little fossils all over the place. There are a few trees that are dead. dead. Um, the only trees that semi-seem alive are the ones that show up in the mission when you're getting your next super Back in the what was it Forsaken when we got the third super? Oh, yeah, you did a mission. Yeah, on there where you had the light tree essentially from the traveler show up yeah. in a few different it locations. Looked a lot like a tree with silver wings. What? Oh, uh, sort of. Except for this one also had a lot of darkness with it. Well, that taken. The thing that the thing that was really kind of weird about that one was the light pieces that you were picking up were feathers. Yeah. So that was that was always kind of the thing that I loved. Uh, there's the Terrabase Charon, which is where the Cabal are on that area. The Wraith Mines, which is also kind of within that area with the Cabal and the Terrabase. Then you get to the Rupture. I'm going to kind of s- speed through this a little bit. So if there are a few of these locations you want to talk about more, because you wrote in all the Prima Guides. All of them. Things in here. All of them. All the guides. All the guides. All the guides. Uh, the rupture is a landing zone, a sprawling plateau of interconnecting dirt roads, rock outcroppings, and other interesting ancient formations like skeletal remains and fossilized walls is nothing compared to a massive vex pyramid that takes up the entire western perimeter of this large sector. So this is the Ashermir location. The pyramid has two usually inaccessible sectors you can enter during certain missions and a large vex presence altered by the encroaching taken. In the midst of all of this is Ashermir, a no-nonsense scientist and vendor for this world. Expect major battles between Vex and Taken forces as you search through Vex architecture and a natural mesa cave near the eastern perimeter. So the rupture has Rasputin's bunker, Pyramidian. Currently, the contact event is alternating between Io and Titan. This is one of the locations that it is in as well. There are two lost sectors in this zone, Aphex Conduit and the Sanctum of Bones. I believe the Sanctum of Bones is the one directly across from Asher, whereas the Conduit is tucked behind kind of the Pyramidian. If you're going directly across from the Pyramidian, cross the little structure, it's tucked in the wall a little ways. Beyond that, blue... You want to take over for Giant Scar and yeah. the evacuation zones? So, yeah. So, Giant Scar is the last landing zone on Io. Uh, described as the remains of a cabal mining operation exist in this sector, formerly a natural rock formation known as Giant Scar. Bisecting the two Boulder Laden Valley floors is a long mining operation center with pedestrian and vehicular access to and from each main area. The majority of the battling occurs at the drill site, a roughly circular arena-like valley with a massive central mining drill. Around the perimeter are various exits to small caves and other sectors. Uh, The two sectors that are really noticeable here are excavation site 2 and then the warmine vault jys2 um, excavation site 2 is accessed via the exterior entrance at the drill site in giant scar and this small interior set of storage rooms and computer operations room must be exited the same way you come in features a series of square shaped chambers 
each with a half a dozen taken targets to engage. Come for combat, leave after finding the three scannable objects. And then the Warmind Vault is its an actually an inaccessible sector that is only entered during the campaign mission Fury. Uh, I think there were a couple other times following that. This was from the Prima mm-hmm. Guide. Um, but yeah. it is it is the hidden this is this is where I kind of perked up a little bit. It is the hidden vex lair known as the Warmind Vault J- JYS2, now completely overrun by the Taken. This leads to a mainframe arena where you battle one of the toughest foes on this planetoid, a gigantic Taken boss known as Modular Upsilon and his energy chaining partner Modular Sigma. Um I like I I I kind of perked up because they were like it's a hidden vex lair. I was like, "Wait, what?" Well, it's the Vex that are within right, it yeah. when we're battling. It's taken over now by Taken, but there are Vex within that vault and in a different, lo- slightly different location that's also still part of the Warmind network is when we're doing the Arecibo mission, we're dealing with the Vex primarily in there as well. Yes. But... Yeah, I think that's what uh, Chad's talking about right now. Yeah. Uh map for io i believe the only map for crucible is javelin 4 which is an excellent map one of my favorite maps but beyond that we're going to get into the planetary armor sets and the weapons but i want to take a quick break before we jump into that so we'll see you on the other side of the ad hey i'm tom and i'm Stuart, and we're from the dungeons and dragons lore cast we talk about all things connected to D lore And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons & Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. And we're back with the planetary sets as well as the weapon sets and armor sets. Jensen Knight set. One of the best looking sets, in my opinion, for the hunters as far as planetary sets. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to miss that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't even remember what the ones for Warlock and Titan looked like because I know the Jensen Knight for the Titan looked pretty good too. I don't remember the Warlock, but they did. They did re-release them as Shadowkeep armor. That's true. So they. That's true. Kind of are still relevant. Yeah, I mean. They're pretty. They oh yeah, I love I love the uh, the chest and arm like aesthetics they have going right. with it. Do we kind of want to talk about <laughs> what a Jensen Knight is for anybody who may not necessarily know? Do we know what a Jensen Knight is? We know what a Jensen Scribe is. You can kind probably because like even that term is a little confusing because there's a warlock group of Jensen Scribes, but then there's also the Awoken jensen scribes yes so, which is what i and that's what i'm interpreting it as is yeah. the scientist based ones from yes. the awoken yeah. storyline that which would make sense with the asher mirror connection since he is a jensen scribe do you think that the awoken were the jensen scribes that were that set up the warlock versions just a little theory i think out there. i would be curious to see if the other yeah i think that's where you, i think I think we're thinking the same thing. I would be curious to mm-hmm. see if the Jensen Scribe warlocks are all awoken. It would make a lot of mm-hmm. sense to me. Um, I find yes. I would find that interesting because technically none of them would remember being Jensen Scribes. But that being said, they could also be like you could explain that as like a similar Anna an Bray situation where they were resurrected with 
a part a particular piece of equipment um there was the there was the um oh gosh what was it it was the one of the cooler warlock bonds from destiny one it actually was one of the 3d ones that would change color based off the time that you were wearing it in the game and it was the um it was something pendulum but it was the first mention of the Jensen scribes that we had in the game and it was it was basically something that they were all seeking and so that was kind of a a nod that maybe that was something that one of them woke up with and that was the whole start of that but i can see that i take it as the Jensen knight is the martial equivalent to the Jensen scribe so that whereas the Jensen scribe is going to be the researcher the you know the the intellect um the Jensen knight are the maybe like the guards of those scribes this is kind of how mm-hmm. i've that's how i've always kind of had my own headcanon around it interesting thing with the Jensen knight armor set is they're all Ashermere quotes mm-hmm. and asher is get off my lawn-esque <laughs> I have no use for mockish sentimentality. What I do the need legs. is an assistant who stays alive as often as possible. <laughs> the legs are the best one. <laughs> Congratulations on finding your true calling in life. You have been an adequate assistant. Have you ever considered that the traveler might just might be just as chaotic and arbitrary as everything else? Jensen Armor, let's hope it does you more good than it did me. Mm. Remember... The universe is a chaotic system. This fippery won't protect you from the continuum. So the arms make me think also that this is where <clears throat> Asher used to have a, this set of armor. Like, there yeah. no, a set of armor. This isn't his armor. But, like, when he went into the Pyramidian with the two hunters where he lost his arm, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. get, get the sense that he was wearing a suit of Jensen armor. Yeah. Uh, the weapons that are through here, I'm just going to kind of name off the weapons yeah, that were important. The base ones don't really, I didn't really see anything a lot. They they tend to all be poisonous, but that's also because a lot of them are viced weapons. Or ve- right. Is it vice? Veist? I can't remember how you pronounce it. Viced. So that was, which is a, uh, which is one of their thematic points. So. Yeah. Valakadin. Which was actually an auto rifle that we got in the beta for this game back way back when. It is the auto rifle. You have the rattler, which is a sidearm. Um, Balignant, Balig, Balagant, Unspoken Promise, Widow's Bite, which I think is probably one of the more prominent ones. Tarantula, also a fairly prominent. Blue Shift, Rocket Launcher. Behringer's Memory, which is the grenade launcher. Death Adder. Submachine gun. Some of these have come back mm-hmm. recently into uh, prominence because of the way that they're cycling weapons now. But I think the two that most people are probably most familiar with that are related to IO are both the Whisper of the Worm, the sniper rifle that you get through doing the Whispered Mission dungeon. It's not quite a dungeon. It kind of is a dungeon. I and think then it's ruinous yeah, effigy. I think they consider it a dungeon, but it's like a light dungeon. It's like a it's like a strike, but anyway, Io's currency going away soon. Phase glass mm-hmm. looks like uh, crystals that are imbued with the traveler's light, almost. 
Not the same as dusk light, but very similar. Phase glass is usually like a. Uh, it reminds me of like ferns, like a. It's like a frond. It's a a multiple faceted one. Whereas your dusk your dusk light is going to be like the big, like amethyst Singular looking. Yeah, it point. looks like an amethyst big chunk, big chunky thing. Um, phase glass. Uh, we actually learned a little bit about phase glass from the dawning um it is material that can be used to create temperature regulating stitching and enables the dynamic resizing of bonded solids um it is because zavala likes doing stuff with yarn and sewing and this is actually one of the things that we had to collect during the dawning to craft a present for multiple individuals because of the component there because of the abilities that the material has um, the other thing with it is there is a variant of phase glass called radiant phase glass, uh, which we use to forge Izanagi's burden, uh, during the season of the forge, uh, that was acquired from the Pyramidian. Uh, there was something about, I can't remember exactly the component, but it, it was basically the di- that, that idea of the dynamic resizing abundant solids, something about the radiant phase glass. There was something that had been done to it that allowed the sniper rifle to be forged correctly and don't forget the most important currency the io token the tokens (laughs) because we all love inflated currency the one thing that i'm most excited about with this update that's getting rid of planetary tokens just getting rid of all the planetary just getting rid of all the tokens tokens are going away so are those materials I just, I, I mean, I still, I still, I still miss my sapphire things. wire, but you know. God. God. <laughs> uh, okay. The main ghost shell ghost really sh- is just the IO shell. Yeah. It's a season one shell, common. It's a green shell. Um, really, the plant, all, every single planet had a had one of these planetary shells. Um, as far as jump ships and sparrows, the predominant one that stood out was the Vesper laser, which we already talked about. There was one that I'm remembering that I didn't write down and I'm kicking myself for it because there was one that actually comments on Asher's fear of leaving IO and I'll have to look for it real quick, but, um, that it is a, I think it was an exotic jump ship that was talking about that. Um, as far as shaders, uh, the shaders are Echoes of Io, which comes in a variant of Worn and, air quote, New. Um, and then also Flowers of Io, which also come in a variant of Worn. Um, those shaders tend to be a predominantly a yellow coloring, if I remember that one correctly. Yeah, sand, um, sand shades not, is how I've interpreted yeah, it. I'm not a huge fan of them, but there are some that you can... There are some twists that you can put on them. Um, Emblems. Emblems really predominantly from Season 1 and Season 2. You had Traveler's Flight, Holy Ground, and Ballet Lover, which were... Ballet Lover was a really cool one. It's got got a diamond made out of uh, circles. And it's just... I I actually really like how that one is. Uh, The Lost Sector variants that you have there are Traveler's Departure, Taken Resurgence... Ignition Unsparked, Echo Mesa, and Asher's Asylum. Uh, so there's a few there's a few name like a few tidbits in the names themselves. Uh, the only ones that I re- that I was able to find on the Nightfalls were from the Pyramidian and 
these are just really fun. Um, so the Pyramidian has variations as well. Uh, the first one is an inscrutable amygaloid hygienistate. <laughs> and then the second one is Operation Intep- Intrepid. And then the last one is Spiraling into the Infinite. So yes, an inscrutable amygaloid hygienistate. <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh, Asher's Asher Mirror's one way ticket. That was the ship. Thanks, Dino. Yeah. Asher uses I would call them quarter sense words. Mm -hmm. It's not a penny word, it's a quarter. Igenestate. I just (laughs) (sighs) an igenestate is the quantum mechanical state corresponding to an igena value of a wave equation. Which is like it's one of those words that has a definition that doesn't make anything clearer. Nope. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So what's an igenostate? Oh, it has something to do with igena value. What's an igena? <laughs> it's got something to do with an igenostate. Science. God. <laughs> Circular science. Um, we have ghost scans. Mm-hmm. 28 of them. Tiny hydras. Ironic. Yes. Tiny hydras, which is terrifying. <laughs> that, gate, we were talk- that gate. We were talking about that in chat earlier. <laughs> I was like, what the? <laughs> When, okay, that so mental image that my, popped in my head oh was my like, God. nope, nope, nope. Yeah, one of my first major projects in D2, if you remember, it was collecting those ghost scans. And that was the most terrifying one out of all of them was the tiny, the gate that's in the the cave that you find that talks about the tiny goat or tiny vex coming through the hydras that are just reminds me of the servitors you know like the fallen servitors that are the the russian oh, nesting the dolls nesting versions doll, yeah. mm-hmm. i ran into those in the eaz I, ran- I was like oh no you yeah yeah that guy um lots of mentions of the exo stranger mm-hmm. on io which is kind of fun Talk about triggering a bunch of people who said when they said that they weren't going to talk about the Exo Stranger and then D2 comes out and there's these, yeah, all the scannables on that one. Those are mostly in the Lost Oasis. I think the funny one there is the the one that confirms that ghosts are capable of hearing beyond what the humans or guardians <laughs> can hear, which is like, I mean, it makes why? sense in a way because they they have they have sensors sensors that are able to be more fine-tuned i mean that does make sense but yeah it was spine burrows had a few uh loss or had a few scannables in it mentions that the vex are the radialorian fluid we actually had confirmation on that that the vex are not the machine aspect of it it's the vex milk so to speak is the actual vex and then Carving of a line from As I Walked Out One Evening by W.H. Auden. That one, that one I'm going to let you talk about because that's the poem. Go, go, go on and I will come, I will jump in when I remember which one it was. Okay. Um, Terra Base Charon. Discovery of an accent point, access point, which has been modified to allow exos, which is... The access point within the Terra base Charon, that is the Cabal base. And then it allows the Exos to actually interface within the next Vex network. It also mentions a connection to the Vault of Glass. And there is a resonant signal which translates into Zavathun. First mention of Zavathun in the D2 universe. D2 context of the Destiny universe. Uh, the Wraith Mines. 
mentions that the blights are akin to transmitters, allowing something whisper to take in IO, as well as something actively scanning on the other side of the portals. So you had a couple different like blights show up on IO that are scannables that have this mention of resonance either being transmitted in or out, or there's like the whisperings of the worm god's names. Ir, Ur, Yor, Yul, Zol, all of them. And you get to the rupture. The rupture mentions light radiating from the ruins of a Vex gate, indicating a powerful impression having been made upon the Vex, as in possibly Osiris or Kabir or Saint, possibly. It also mentions that Taken will not be without a leader for long, so more hints at Zavathun possibly, and discusses that the Vex as a whole race are dedicated to one thing, a a conversion process of some sort. And then there's only, what, three more? Mm -hmm. As far as the uh, Walden, or was it Walden? Yeah, Auden, Auden poem. Uh, it's the the line is oh the someone's carved something here. It says oh let time not deceive you. You cannot conquer time. Uh, that is from the as I walked out in one evening, as Green had mentioned. But the full I guess stanza would be. But all the clocks in the city began to whir and chime. Oh not oh let not time deceive you. You cannot conquer time. In the burrows of the nightmare where justice naked is, time watches from the shadow and coughs when you would kiss. Um, so it's just, it's a really, it's a really pretty poem actually. But, uh, the, the mm-hmm. stanza before that also says the years shall run like rabbits for in my arms, I hold the flower of the ages and the first love of the world. So it's just, you know, Oh, let not, Oh, let not time deceive you. You cannot conquer time when you're talking about the Vex. It's kind of a, it's kind of a connection there that the Vex jump through time supposedly. Uh, giant scar the location there has a few scannables but it mentions vex gates as transportation portals connecting mercury venus and mars which would be nice to go back to venus soon mm-hmm. excavation site number two has taken blights which serve as communication portals to the ascendant realm which is also whispering back another mentioning of the blights so there's a few different locations with that not a ton of extra information there just more of hints of there is a new bad guy coming which we know at this point beyond that though i think that's pretty huge amount of information for the intro session and we have hit our 20 minute mark for the next segment would you like to wrap this episode up and switch over to the advanced episode i think that would be i think in the advanced episode or advanced session we'll jump into um obviously the missions and the quests and adventures there are some really good ones yeah there's some really good ones in there so uh shout outs uh really just you know again if you guys get a chance please be sure to check out the lorenetwork.com let us know thoughts on the site if there's stuff that you would like to see um if there's stuff that we could do better that we already are doing um just let, let us know and then also just mm-hmm. you know leave a review over on itunes it helps us out and also be sure to leave uh destiny lore audio file a review since it is a brand new uh podcast over on itunes the more reviews that we can help get the the better that logarithm is going to pick up on it so we're just wanting to try to boost that as much as possible please and thank you you guys are awesome uh as far as shout outs for this week there's 
shout out to coffee, you and YouTube videos that are tutorials and all sorts of different things this week, like people who are content creating, not as a profession, but just to help people out. I think that's probably going to be my shout out this week, because Julie has learned how to fix a lot of things in the house. And I have learned how to help her fix a lot of things in the house via YouTube videos that people randomly put up. So if you've ever thought about being a content creator, of any sort, whether or not it's just like, hey, I want to put something out there because I'm good at this one thing, do it because there's going to be idiots like me who need it. Just you're saving my butt. YouTube University is kind of amazing on that front. Also, speaking of learning how to do something, Blue and I are actually putting together a behind the scenes episode for you guys about how to make your own podcast or how we basically make the podcast and what we're what we go through in the creation and editing and all of that kind of stuff coming up. So I think we're recording it this next week. Yes. Within the next week. So look forward to that in your feeds. Blue, do you have uh, any shout outs besides the announcements? Uh, no, not, not really. Um, you know, as always, thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.